Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. A reminder, as the temperature is dropping, you can pick up your Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, pullover hoodie, or t-shirt. We have those in all four designs. Just go to t-shirt.greatdetectives.net. Choose your design, including the pullover hoodie. I'm finding myself wearing mine like nearly all the time with the way the weather's been out here. You can find all four designs over at t-shirt.greatdetectives.net and each in a variety of styles and each available as a pullover hoodie. Uh, Check that out, t-shirt.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for the conclusion of this week's Johnny Dollar Serial. The original air date, May the 30th, May the 31st, and June the 1st of 1956. And it's episodes three through five of The Matter of Reasonable Doubt. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Susan Grainley, Mr. Dollar. Oh, yes. Uh, how are you, Mr. Wilson? Mr. Wil... There's somebody there with you. Yes, that's entirely correct. Well, just listen, then. It's all fixed, Mr. Dollar. Grandmother's expecting you. She'll be alone for the next few hours, so come on out to the ranch. You're certain of that statement, I suppose. Yes, of course. Uncle Walter went into Vegas, and Aunt Hilda's gone somewhere, too. Yes, I'm quite aware of that. You mean she's there? With you? That's right. Oh, Mr. Dollar, you men are all alike, aren't you? That's quite a remark for a person your age, Mr. Wilson. Oh, I'm quite mature for 16. Has she made her pitch yet? I think we'd better postpone this discussion until the next time we meet. Well, she always does, you know. She's a regular vampire. I figure Uncle Walter's going to kill her someday. Mr. Wilson. Yes, sir. Goodbye. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Las Vegas, Nevada, to the home office, Amercon Northern Trust Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment... The matter of reasonable doubt. Expense account continued. Item nine, a half a buck. Tip to the hotel bell captain to call a taxi for Hilda Gramley and to wave goodbye to her as she drove away. I do not include the six brandy she guzzled. Those were on me. Of course, she had knocked on my door uninvited, so that made it her party. But still, it was my room, so that made her my guest, so... Ah, forget it. The whole thing left me too confused to itemize it. She'd obviously come on a fishing expedition. The fish, information. Bait, the usual, but nicely designed. Results, none on either side. 
What had started out as a trust case had turned into a snipe hunt. I was in over my head, floundering, and I needed some good buoyant answers. I was hoping Mrs. Gramley herself could supply a few of them. I'm very glad to meet you, Mr. Dollar. Sit down. She wasn't young, and she wasn't beautiful anymore, but she had been once. She still had some of that assurance and authority that beauty always gives a woman. She seemed a little uncertain, a little harried, maybe, but underneath it, just as tough as an old field boot. I think you'd better leave us alone now, Susan. Okay, Gran. If she starts using her brass knucks, give a whistle, Mr. Dollar. I'll rush in and save you. Thanks. I'll remember. Oh, she's a brash little flippity-gibbet. And you love the dickens out of her, don't you? Love? (laughs) Yes, I do love the dickens out of her, Mr. Dollar. Is that what you came out here to find out? No, I knew that already. Otherwise, you wouldn't have wanted to transfer all your holdings to her. How did you know about that? Just who the devil are you, anyway? Seems to me Susan was pretty vague on that score. She had to be. She doesn't know. Then why did she think I ought to see you? Oh, she decided I looked honest. Claims she's got a knack for that sort of thing. As a matter of fact, she has. And also, she loved her father and mother. What do you mean by that? Mrs. Gramley, I'm here because your friend, Jonas Parks of the Flint Rock Bank, sent for me. What? I'm a special investigator for the Amicron Northern Trust Company of Hartford, Connecticut. Why, Jonas didn't say anything to me. He hasn't had a chance. He intended to when he was here this afternoon, but you were too ill to see him. Ill? I didn't even know he was here. Your nephew and his wife did. He talked to them. Tell me, Mr. Dollar, just why did Jonas send for you? Because he thought you might be losing your mind. Oh, he did, did he? Are you? Well, if you thought so, you wouldn't have said it so bluntly. Right. I don't think so. Well, what made Jonas think it? You asked him to set up an insurance trust for the benefit of your granddaughter, Susan. Apparently, the intent was to convey your entire estate to her over a period of two to three years. What's so crazy about that? Nothing at all, so far as that part of it was concerned. But it didn't stop there. After he got the proceedings started, you turned skittish on him, started to flutter. Well, Jonas is a fool. He is not a fool, and you know it. He's been your friend for 20 years. He's completely trustworthy, conscientious, and he has your best interests at heart. How much is he paying you to say things like that? Nobody is paying me but the Amicon Trust Company, and furthermore, you know it. All you're doing is trying to dodge the issue. Young man, I'm not accustomed to being talked to this way. Then you can look at it as a refreshingly novel experience. You sound like Susan. And an experience you don't entirely dislike. Presumptuous whelp. Maybe. Are you married, Mr. Dollar? No. What a pity I'm not 30 years younger. (laughs) What a pity I'm not 30 years older. Oh, thank you, sir. And now let's stop scratching each other's backs and get to the point. All right. Jonas is a fine man. No doubt he did have reason to get upset. These past months have been... Well, I suppose I haven't seemed like myself at all. Why is that? Oh, you're like a bulldog with a bone, Mr. Dollar. Careful how you talk about your might-have-been lover. What has been wrong these past months? Maybe I am losing my mind. Because actually, nothing has been wrong. I don't agree. I think something is wrong right now. Then why don't you tell me about it? All right, all right, I will. Apparently I'll have to if we ever expect to get anywhere. All right, some months ago you stopped going into town, stopped having visitors. Then you decided to get rid of your estate, turn it over to Susan. When your nephew Walter heard about it, he implied to Jonas Parks that you were losing your mind. Then you yourself started to back down on the idea. Why? 
Was Walter putting pressure on you? Not exactly. What were you scared of, Mrs. Gramley? It's got something to do with Walter and Hilda, right? Sit down. Almost a year ago, I discovered that the two of them were stealing me blind. Tampering with the ranch accounts, forging signatures, all sorts of ways. Why didn't you take it to Jonas or to the police? Because I didn't believe it at first. By the time I was absolutely sure, they'd cut the ground out from under me. So you tried to convey the property to Susan secretly? Yes. Until Walter learned what I was doing. Who's the push in that pair? Who's got the brains? Why, she has. Walter doesn't even have the gumption to get in out of the rain on his own. Uh-huh. Then she must have been the one who planned the auto accident. And he went along with it, of course. What auto accident? Three years ago, when your son and his wife were killed on the road to... Oh, I'm... I'm sorry, Mrs. Gramley. I... Why? I supposed you'd already guessed it. Guessed? What? That it was probably murder. An old lady, tired and lost, seeing herself surrounded by enemies, living in fear. But she at least knew one thing, that she wasn't alone now, that somebody else believed her and was on her side. Don't worry about her, Mr. Dollar. She'll be all right. Well, she had quite a shock, Susan. She had to know sometime. Oh, it's not a matter of no, exactly. It's, it's only suspicion. All right, you go to your church and I'll go to mine. But I know Walter and Hilda murder my parents. And I think you know it, too. Well, call it a real strong suspicion, then. So what are you going to do about it? What do you suggest I do about it? Advise my elders? I'm only a helpless young female. You're about as helpless as a mongoose with a cobra. Flattery? No, just a statement of fact. Say, look, what do you think they've been doing with the money they've cheated your grandmother out of? Oh, that's easy. Uncle Walter gambles. And gambles and gambles. And loses and loses? Uh-huh. He's not real bright, you know. Well, why does he do this? Different joints in Vegas? Oh, just one, mostly. A club called the Lead Balloon... And the name figures. Any special reason he hits that particular club? I think it's the only one that'll take his IOUs. The owner came out here to collect a couple of times. Happen to know his name? Sure, I got big ears. His name is Deuce McCoy. Deuce McCoy, the lead balloon. And the rest of the dough? Hilda. She's what's known as a luxury dame, Mr. Dollar. Yeah, so I gathered. I'll bet you gathered. All right, relax, will you? I'll send you out of the room. Yes, sir. Does she run around with other men? Oh, Mr. Dahl. All right, then. Do you happen to know any of them? Nope. I've managed not to, but it hasn't been easy. One or two, or does she play the field? I wouldn't know, but she's always getting gifts from somebody. Oh, she's a real cool operator. But, of course, you know that, since you've been one of her victims. How would you like to get spanked? I don't know. I've never been... But I can quote you all kinds of psychology about it. Take, for instance... Never mind. Good night. Yeah? Your name McCoy? Deuce McCoy? Yeah, that's right. Johnny Dollar. I'd like to talk to you about a mutual acquaintance. What mutual acquaintance? Walter Grimley. He's across the room there at the moment, bucking one of your crap tables. Come on in, darling. Thanks. All right, now, what about Grimley? How much is he into you? 
Nobody gets into me. You've been taking his IOUs, haven't you? He buys them off. Holding any now? Look, what's the pitch? On what racket are you in? Insurance. What's that got to do with Gramley? I don't think he's a very good risk. Mm-hmm. Meaning? He's probably going to be doing time for embezzlement before long. So why, why are you telling me about this? What I thought you might be interested, since you've been taking his IOUs. Oh, big-hearted, is that it? You're just being neighborly? Uh, you might put it that way. Yeah, and I, I might not. Now, what, what is your angle? Is Gramley a personal friend of yours? No more than any other sucker out there at the table. Then you wouldn't know where he gets the money he loses. Well, that I never ask. And I don't suppose you'd know his wife. Oh, he's married, is he? Her name is Hilda. She likes gifts and brandy and money and excitement. Then I hope she manages to find him. Whoever she is. Oh, she does, one way or another. We all got our problems, darling. Yeah, but some of us more than the others, right, McCoy? You through speaking your piece now, then? Not another word to say. Well, and I don't, I don't want to rush you, but... Mm, hey, that's a nice cigarette case. Platinum, isn't it? I wouldn't know. It's not yours? Somebody left it at the table. Somebody, huh? Then you don't know who it belongs to. If I did, I'd give it back. Then I'll save you some trouble, Mr. McCoy. I do know who it belongs to. What makes you think so? Because I saw it earlier today. It belongs to Hilda Grimley. Johnny Dollar. You're there. Sure, I'm here. What? I, I mean, it's your hotel. Is this Susan? That's right. Why aren't you out there, Mr. Dollar? Out where? On the old boulder cutoff. If I'm supposed to meet you there in 15 minutes, you're going to have to... Wait a minute, wait a minute. What the devil is this all about? Where'd you get any idea I was supposed to meet you? From your friend. What? Sure, he phoned here a few minutes ago. He said I should slip away from the ranch, take the station wagon, and meet you over on the old road right away. I just phoned your hotel on the off chance wait. that... I don't imagine he gave his name. No, and, and I didn't recognize the voice. Susan, listen. Get away from there right away. Don't go near that road. Come straight here to my hotel. Do you understand? Yes, but... But why? What's it all about? Never mind. Just get here and get here fast. While you're still alive. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Las Vegas, Nevada, to the home office, Amicon Northern Trust Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the matter of reasonable doubt. It was only 9.30 p.m., less than two hours since I'd thrown my rock into the pool to stir up the fish. I'd expected results, sure, but not this fast and not this deadly. I'd picked a gambling casino owner named Deuce McCoy as my broadcaster. And I'd let him know who I was, why I was here, and what I was going to do. Apparently, the news had gone out fast. But I couldn't figure this move. Even with young Susan out of the way, they still couldn't get their hands on her grandmother's estate. It didn't make sense. At least, not right then. One thing, though, that I was sure of. If Susan Gramley had driven out that deserted road alone, she'd have never come back. Not alive. Who is it? It's 
Mr. Dollar. All right, just a second. Well, come on in, Susan. Thanks. I guess it's really it's I, though. I, I mean to be correct. I don't care whether it's I or me, just as long as it's you. Say that again? Oh, skip it. you have any trouble? I missed the green light at Fremont and Fifth. Anybody follow you from the ranch? Nope. Who was there when you left? All of them. Uncle Walter and Hilda had just come in. Together. Can you beat it? Well, then it wouldn't have been Walter who phoned you. Oh, not him. He's got a kind of a sneaky undertone. I'd have recognized him right away. And you didn't recognize the voice on the phone? No. He, he didn't say much, just that he was a friend of yours, and you wanted me to reach, meet you right away, so I said okay, and he hung up. I see. Well, maybe you do, but I don't. Well, what did you mean when you said, get here while you're still alive? I wish I knew. Look, Susan, that phone call wasn't just a practical joke. Then you do know. I know somebody was trying to get you out on that desert alone tonight. And they weren't trying it just for laughs. You mean they... I mean the luckiest thing you ever did was to pick up that phone and call this hotel. But why, Mr. Dollar? Why would anybody want... That's what I don't know. I don't see what they'd hope to gain by it. They know the trust hasn't been set up yet. Your grandmother's still in control of the property, not you. Look, excuse my ignorance, but I I don't think I know what you're talking about. Well, maybe it's time you did, since you seem to be right in the middle of it now. Look, your grandmother decided to set up an insurance trust and convey all her holdings over to you. To me? Gran was going to do that. Jonas Parks at the Flint Rock Bank started proceedings, then got cold feet. He got the idea there was something screwy behind the whole thing. So he wired Hartford, and the trust company sent me out here to investigate. But Gran never said a word. She didn't even mention it. She was scared to death. Afraid Walter and Hilda would find out and block her off, have her declared incompetent, get control of the estate, and leave you clear out in the cold. She thinks a lot of you, Susan. Grand's the most, isn't she? How did she seem when you left? Back on her feet? Oh, better than she's been in months. More relaxed. I guess she's counting on you, Mr. Dollar. Yeah, well, I wish I could be sure she couldn't. Look, that phone call I got, if Uncle Walter and Hilda weren't behind it, then... Then who was? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty certain that by now they know who I am and why I'm here. And they know I'm out to get them. I dropped the word a couple of hours ago. I figured they'd react all right, but I didn't expect this move against you. But there has to be somebody else in on it, Mr. Dollar. Neither of them made the phone call. Yeah, I know. But nobody else even knew about the trust. Jonas Parks did, and Will Connors of the Weekly Tribune. But they've been friends of Grand's for years and years... They wouldn't do anything to harm her. I didn't say they would. And they couldn't have had anything to do with the accident that killed my parents. Nobody could have, except Hilda and Uncle Walter. Unless, of course, it was just an accident. Oh, you know better than that, Mr. Dollar. Oh, I'm beginning to wonder if I actually know very much about any of this. Susan, listen, how scared are you? Oh, I'm not scared at all. I'm I'm just... Bewildered, I guess. Good. Then you won't be afraid to stay here alone for a while. Of course not. Sounds kind of grown up, in fact. Yeah, well, all right then. Don't leave the room. Keep the door locked and don't let anybody in. If someone should try, call the manager and have him call the police. Don't answer the phone unless it rings twice. That'll be me. Got it? Got it. Good. Hey, there are a couple of magazines there on the nightstand. Can I ask you what you're going to do, Mr. Dollar? Sure, you can ask. See you later, Susan. Stinker.
young fella. I kind of hoping you'd drop around. Wasn't sure I'd find you here, Mr. Connors, this time of night. Oh, the paper comes out tomorrow, Mr. Dollar. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. I always stay around late the night before press day, just in case a big story breaks. Sure. Got to be here, you know, to break down the front page and remake the galley and all. Uh, them's technical terms, of course. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you might have a story for me but now. Maybe that scoop we was talking about? Nope, not yet. Well, I can hold the press until 9.30 a.m. in the morning, but that's the last doggone final zero hour. And a minute later, come calamity, cataclysm, or high water, the Tribune has got to roll. Yeah, sure. Well, maybe you'll have your scoop before 9.30, Mr. Connors. You mean you're working on a clue? Check. Hot dog. Yep, you said it. You, uh, getting close to the denouement? To the what? Denouement. Yeah, that's a technical word. That's when the detective always pounces. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. well I'm not about to pounce at the moment, Mr. Connery. Yeah, well, keep your voice down, son. Why? There's nobody else here. You never know on this kind of a case. Well, let's take a chance. All right. I'm game if you are. Good. I've got a couple of questions I'd like to ask you. Shoot, son. You know anything about a gambler named Deuce McCoy... Owns the Lead Balloon Casino over across town? Well, I know who he is, all right. He don't own it, though. He just runs it for a syndicate. Works on a salary, you mean? Mm, salary and percentage, I reckon. He ain't getting rich on it, though. Not the way he lets it get away from him. On what? Just two words, son. Women. Hilda Gramley wouldn't be one of them, would she? Well, it's a new one on me if she is. Of course, you live and learn. Yeah, you sure do. Yeah, and be right cozy if something like that was going on. Her husband spends half his time in McCoy's place. Yeah, I know. You uh, figure Deuce McCoy's tied in on this Gramley thing? I don't know. You want to do me a favor, Mr. Connors? Well, just sing it out, young fellow, with this scoop. Well, listen, young Susan Gramley is in my room over at the hotel. You don't say so. Well, but Never you... Never mind, it's a long story. I hate to have her there alone. So how about going over and babysitting for a while? Oh, sure, I'd be glad to. All right, I'll phone her first so she won't lay you out with an ashtray... And I'll keep in touch with you. If there's a story, you'll get it. Meanwhile, clam up. Right. I'll see you later. Yeah, uh, do you uh, pack a gun, Mr. Dollar? Sometimes. Why? Deuce McCoy does, too. All the time. The evening was just starting in the lead balloon, with two crab tables already in action, two more standing by, and a roulette wheel warming up. No one paid any attention when I walked back through the casino to the office. I waited what I considered a reasonable length of time, then tried the knob. The door was unlocked. Gone, Buster. Beat it. The girl was alone in the office, sprawled back on the sofa, drink in her hand. And it was pretty obvious it wasn't her first one, nor her second or third. She'd have been a real knockout, sober. What's the matter? Don't you understand English? I said get out. Where's McCoy? What's it to you? <laughs> Feeling no pain, huh? I'll cut it, Buster. Must have been a pretty big pain, though, earlier. If it's taken this much to kill it. Go on and get out of here. Where do you think you are to talk like that? Johnny Dollar, who are you? Get away from that desk. If Deuce finds you messing around in here, he'll kill you. Even if I told him I was a close friend of yours? You rat. I'll call one of the boys and get you thrown out of here. Oh, I wouldn't. Might make an awful scandal. And I don't think Deuce would want that. Not right at present. What are you talking about? Oh, come now. You're in it too, aren't you? You're... Well, 
Well, you're not with the police. I know them all. You're FBI. Oh, what makes you say that? Look, if Deuce is in a jam, I don't know anything about it. What's your name? Nikki. Nikki Vernon. All right, Nikki, sit down and relax. Oh. Whoops! Now, where's Deuce McCoy? Think if I knew I'd be sitting here by myself, lushing it up? I suppose you were McCoy's girl before Hilda Gramley cut you out. Cut me out nothing. That rotten little sneak's been asking for it, and I'm about ready to give it to Is her, Is she too. here this evening? You see any blood on the rug? Just let me catch that dirty Shut little... Shut up, no- Nikki, and sit down, will you? Now, what about Walter Gramley? Was he here? Yeah, earlier. He was here in the office for about an hour. I don't know what they talked about. Deuce made me get out. And Deuce left right afterwards? Oh, half an hour or so. He had to wait to make a phone call first. Oh, I see. Well, if you're smart, you'll forget him, Nikki. I've got a hunch he's not coming back. It's her. He's going to go off with that dirty... Knock it. He's going off because he's in a jam. That's one thing you were right about. And by now, he must know the whole thing is falling apart. I think he'll try to run for it. Gotta kill that dame. Why? Why don't you throw away that bottle and forget about him? He's no good, Nicky. You know that, don't you? Sure, I know it. Then why are you beating your heart out over him? <laughs> You've never been a woman. Have you, Mr. Dollar? Johnny Dollar. This is Mrs. Gramley, Mr. Dollar. Oh, good. I understand you were trying to reach me. I just told your nephew, Walter, that if he didn't have you on this phone within three minutes, I'd be out there at the ranch with a posse of police. Oh, I'm afraid there's some mistake, Mr. Dollar. You see, I... I told Walter I didn't wish to talk with you. You what? I admire your persistence, young man, but... Are you saying this of your own free will? You're not being forced? How ridiculous. Who's there with you? Just my nephew, Walter, and his wife, Hilda. Sure, I'm coming out there, Mrs. Gramley. Mr. Dollar, you were sent out here from Hartford to investigate an insurance trust I was arranging for my granddaughter. Well, I've decided not to set up the trust, so there's no further reason to involve yourself in my affairs. Good night, Mr. Dollar. Hello. Hello. What have you got cooking with the Gramleys anyway, Mr. Shut up, Nikki. Let me think. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Las Vegas, Nevada, to the Home Office, Amicon Northern Trust Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the matter of reasonable doubt. Expense account, final page. Item 12, 75 cents. I had a pint of black coffee sent in for Nikki Vernon, girlfriend of missing casino operator Deuce McCoy. She'd been overworking a bottle of scotch, and I figured the coffee would help clear the fumes. And it might have if she'd drunk it. No, take it away. I don't want any coffee. I couldn't figure that phone call from Mrs. Gramley. She knew her nephew and his wife had been stealing from her. That's why she'd started to set up the trust to save the estate from them and turn it over to her young granddaughter, Susan. And she knew also, after I told her, that Walter and his wife had probably contrived the auto accident that had killed Susan's parents. And yet now she seemed to have reversed her whole attitude. 
Maybe Jonas Parks had been right. Maybe there was a reasonable doubt as to his sanity. Uh, maybe a lot of things. But all of the answers were out there at that ranch. She's to blame for it. Things were all right with Deuce and me till she came messing around. If it hadn't been Hilda, it would have been somebody else. A whole lot you know about it. Oh, why don't you drink some of that coffee, Nikki? I don't want any coffee. Okay, okay, suit yourself. Go ahead and enjoy your broken heart, then. Kill the rest of that bottle if that's what you want. Cry up a storm. Live it up. Wallow in it. I'll get that, Dame. It's the last thing I ever do. For what? You ought to thank her for getting that rat off your neck. What'd you have to turn him in for? Deuce never did anything to you. He never had the chance. Oh, well, what's he supposed to have done that's so horrible? It's more what he tried to do. Oh, sure. You happen to know young Susan Gramley? Yeah, I've seen the kid. Why? Well, your lover boy phoned her out at the ranch earlier this evening, disguised his voice, said he was a friend of mine. He tried to get her to meet him on the old boulder cutoff out in the middle of the desert. If you think Deuce would try to date up a 16-year-old kid, you're crazy. Nikki, I think he was going to kill a 16-year-old kid. Her fault. Hilda Gramley. She and her sneaky little henpecked husband got deuce mixed up in something. I don't imagine he was very hard to mix. That dame's been asking for it for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I know, and you're about ready to give it to her. Well, forget it. Sober up. Find the nearest exit, and then run like the devil. I want deuce. So do the police. And they're the ones who are going to get him. They're covering the airport now, the depot, all the highways. Vegas is a tough town to get away from. He hasn't got a chance. It's just as much your husband's fault. Why didn't he keep her at home? Why didn't he... Oh, for the love of... You keep on playing that same old record, you're going to wear a groove right through your brain. Maybe so. Now, look, I got things to do. Are you going to be all right here alone? Well, I'm just fine. I never felt better in my life. Then you've already got it halfway made. So why don't you double up and get even? Try some of that coffee. You're a real busy guy, Mr. Dollar. You put the finger on a man with one hand, and at the same time, you try to sober up his girl with the other. Sure. And if I had a broom, I'd sweep the office. Well, then why don't you go be busy someplace else? That's exactly the idea. All right, kids, you're on your own. Good luck, Nikki. Good luck? Huh. What do you care what kind of luck I have? Oh, I don't know. I picked up my car and drove out across the desert toward the Flint Rock Ranch. I couldn't quite imagine Mrs. Gramley being intimidated. The idea of Walter and Hilda standing over her, holding a gun at her head and making her say things against her will was pretty unbelievable. Faced with a threat like that, she'd probably say, shoot and be blasted. It just didn't make sense. Apparently, she really had reversed her field. But I had to hear it from her face to face. Who is it? Johnny Dollar, open up. I said open up. What's the idea? Mrs. Gramley told you to stay away from here, didn't she? I don't know. There was static in the phone. I want to hear her say it again. You don't what mind do you think you're doing? Coming in? All right, Walter, let's go talk to Mrs. Gramley. Look, Dollar, you haven't got that much weight to throw around. Suppose we get it straight right now and save a lot of time. I came out here to talk to Mrs. Gramley, and I'm going to talk to her. Now, if you want to go at it bare knuckle, let's get started. Or if you're thinking of that gun routine again, go ahead and pull it. I'm packing one myself. And if you're not going to make any kind of a move, then you just stand right there with your face hanging out while I go on What's in and talk. What's going on in here, Walter? Good evening, Mrs. Gramley. Dollar won't take no for an answer. He just forced his way in. I'm glad to find you looking so well. I thought I'd made myself clear on the phone, Mr. Dollar. Really? Come on. Let's go on into the living room where we can all be more comfortable. Come back here. 
I must insist that you leave at once. Who was at the door? What are you doing here? Well, if it isn't Hilda, the lovely lady who likes money, gifts, and excitement. Fine, fine. That's why I came out, to stir up a little excitement. I think you're taking a good deal upon yourself, Mr. Dollar. You know, I'm a little surprised at you, Mrs. Gramley. I thought you wanted me to follow the case through. There is no case. Oh, since when? You heard what she said. That's what you came for. All right, now beat it. Down, Walter. Mrs. Gramley, are you telling me you're going to drop this whole thing, let this pair here edge you out and Susan along with you and take the whole estate? You can put any interpretation on it you like. Just as long as you leave this house at once and please don't come back. You have no right to interfere. And what about your son and his wife? Have you forgotten that those two leeches there killed them? You're out of your mind. Am I? What do you think, Mrs. Gramley? Am I out of my mind? I'm... I'm afraid you are. My son and his wife were killed in an automobile accident. A terrible tragedy, but unavoidable. Sure it was, after Walter and Hilda here set it up. Will you please leave now? Have they threatened you? Is that it? Are you scared to talk? Because if you are, speak up. I imagine I can handle them. You're being quite ridiculous, Mr. Dollar. Will you now go, please? It beats me. It really does. If I hadn't... I'll answer it. Hello? Who? If that's for me, you better let me take it. They know I'm here. All right. Take it. Nobody's stopping you. It was Will Connors on the phone. He'd been keeping in close touch with the police, and he was calling to tell me what had happened. Deuce McCoy had been arrested. He'd been picked up at the airport trying to board a plane and was being taken to the city jail. I hung up the phone and told the three of them what Will had said. That touched off the fuse. Arrested? Deuce has been arrested? At the airport? I don't get it. But you will get it, Walter. Deuce will talk. He'll spill the whole thing. And I think we'll be able to make a case against you and Hilda even without Mrs. Gramley's testimony. Susan, was she with him? Is she all right? Mrs. Gramley, Susan has been in my hotel room with Will Connors for the last... So that was the hold they had over you. They told me this man Deuce had phoned her and tricked her into meeting him. Susan doesn't trick so easy. She called me Get and Get your I... hands up, Dollar. Oh, now it's a little late for a gun, Walter. You won't find it any easier to run than Deuce did. He's right, Walter. Let me think. There must be Let some way... Let you think... That's what I've been doing for the last ten years, and you thought us right into this. Walter! The airport. You know what he was doing? He was running out. The kid didn't show. He knew something had gone wrong, and he was taking a powder. And not even telling me. There's no time now Left to... us here holding the bag. And now you say, let me think. Why didn't you think before? It was your idea, cutting him in on this. Oh, she's got a lot of cute ideas. Nicky. She's a real little brain. What the devil are you doing here? Slumming, Mr. Dollar. The door was open, so I walked in. You mind? Look, whoever you are. Look what, sucker? I've seen guns before. Why didn't she use it on them? When they were playing you for their number one patsy. What are you talking about? Deuce McCoy. And that little sneak you're married to there. You mean you still don't know? She's lying, Walter. Don't you wish I was? They had you right in the middle, sucker. Deuce was taking it away from me on the tables, and little Hildy was getting it back from him after hours. I'll bet they got a lot of laughs out of it. Better hand over that gun, Walter. It's true, isn't it, Hilda? Of course not. Take a gun to him, huh? Well, maybe it's not too late. Walter, what are you going to do? 
Give me the gun, Walter. Sure. Why not? I don't need it now. He killed her. His own wife. Stood right there and shot her down in cold blood. Did you call the police, Mrs. Graham? Yeah, tell them to hurry right out. They can take me in on a real charge now. I didn't mean for her to get killed. You know something, Dollar? No. Suppose you tell me. That's the first big move I've made in the last ten years. That Hilda didn't plan. Expense account item 14, $305.20. Hotel and incidentals in Las Vegas and transportation back to Hartford. Expense account total, $596.45. End of account. Remarks? Well... I can't figure out why she had to go messing around that way when she already had a man of her own, her husband. Of course, it didn't amount to much, but not many men do. What'd you expect to find in this world? Pearls in all her oysters? A turkey in her soup? Well, that was Nikki, and that's the report. And that's life. Come to think of it, though, what isn't? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Here's our star to tell you about next week's intriguing story. Next week, Indestructible Mike. The most amazing character I ever met. A man with nine lives, at least. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Susan Whitney, Richard Crenna, Jeanette Nolan, Forrest Lewis, Inga Adams, Paul Richards, and Gene Tatum. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino and Carl Fortina. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back. This had a surprising end because Nikki is one of those characters that you don't expect to uh, even be around for more than one episode. Uh, but she ends up providing key information that sets off the tragic solution. Uh, so they run a really surprising route with this one. Uh, Susan calling Johnny at the start of episode four was probably the key turning point in the story. Her decision to call on a whim kind of adds to the story's theme of intuition. Yet in the finale, we see the limits of instinct, particularly when you're inebriated. Nikki had no idea what the results of her actions would be because she didn't understand either Walter or Hilda or what made them tick. Whether that actually speaks well for Nikki, I suppose, is something you can debate. Well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback. Regarding the silver blue matter, Ronser writes, Johnny Dollar meets West Side Story. And then another listener uh, provide some comments regarding the filmography of Orson Welles. To be fair to Orson Welles, he didn't direct the horrid David and Goliath. He acted in that for money. He did a lot of that throughout his life. Anything for money, no matter how good, bad, or indifferent. He did direct Citizen Kane and Touch of Evil which you mentioned, and they are masterpieces. I personally recommend almost anything he directed. Not everyone likes his Macbeth, but I really liked it. I like his Othello even more. And his final Shakespeare, Chimes at Midnight, uh, Falstaff, is something that grows on you with age and maturity. It's a revelation, but you have to be ready for it. My personal favorite is Kafka's The Trial. Again, not everyone likes it, but I find something new and meaningful in it each time I see it, especially since life today is very Kafka-esque. Oh, uh, and this is Johnny Dollar meets West Side Story, but someone already mentioned that. Well, thanks so much for the comments. I really appreciated your insight on Mr. Wells' uh, filmography. And those are really uh, solid recommendations. Now, I have to admit, you know, uh, two uh, listeners on YouTube saw this West Side Story connection uh, with the Silver Blue Matter, and I really didn't. And I don't know, maybe I'm taking it too literal, but West Side Story, obviously set in New York, uh, Silver Blue Matter set in Los Angeles, and you, you've got the singing, the romance, the whole Romeo and Juliet plot with the family dynamics becoming about racial rivalries and animosities uh, in the late 50s. And I didn't really get any of that from the Silver Blue Matter. I get that both dealt with life in big city slums, but that doesn't to me evoke West Side stories. So, I don't know. Am I missing some big connection in the Silver Blue Matter that really calls to mind West Side Story? And I should mention as well that West Side Story didn't actually come to the stage until the next year, 1957. That's not to say that there can't be similarities, but obviously it would not have been something that uh, Les Crutchfield was either intentionally or unintentionally copying. It would have to be a situation where he was working with similar themes uh, despite 
besides story not having been made yet. So if you saw it in there, I'd love to hear what really uh, connected it to that movie for you. And what I'm missing, because that's helpful too. All right, well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Candace, Patreon supporter since October 2021, currently supporting the program at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Candace. And that will do it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you download it. From. We will be back next Tuesday with another Yours Truly Johnny Dollar serial, but join us back here tomorrow for Dragnet, where... Charles a small fry. He never had that much dope on him in his life. That's what makes it interesting. Let's go. County Hospital. Yes, sir. The line is busy. Will you wait? Thank you. Can I help you, gentlemen? We'd like to see Dr. Welsh. She's expecting us. Your names, please? This is Sergeant Romero. My name's Friday, police officer. Oh, yes. Around the corner to your left, room 127. The doctor's waiting for you. Thank you. Come on, Ben. I hope Benny's still talking. We could sure use a lead. Yeah. Here it is. 127. Hiya, Ben. Joe? How are you, Doc? Anything new? Just left Trounsel upstairs. You think we can talk to him now? Won't do much good. He died about six minutes ago. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.